Welcome to Loving the Christ Life. I'm Brad Wilson. Glad to have you with us again today. Just as a reminder to you, Warren Litzman lived with a singular focus of the Christ Life message, and that was to simplify, determine, and proclaim grace by Christ Life until the whole world knows. We're so happy to have you with us in more of these wonderful teachings from the archives of the Christ Life Fellowship. Let's get into today's message again. Here's Warren. It's time for us to get together again. I'm only here for a few short minutes, but I'm saying words that will make a difference in your living. It'll make a difference in your life. It'll make a great difference. Even if you're a Christian, it will change and revolutionize you because I'm bringing to you the final gospel, the gospel that belongs to people who live in the dispensation of grace, the people who live according to the apostle of the dispensation of grace, and that's the apostle Paul. He is the only one who writes as to how we're to live in this new dispensation, the dispensation in which Christ will return to this earth to receive his church and to take us to glory. What an awful, awful thing it is to be denied this gospel. What an awful thing it is to live in a religious world that keeps you from knowing that you no longer live, but Christ lives in you. That's 24 hours a day that can be. That's not just something you do on Sunday. That's not something you just do when you get in trouble and you decide to do right. No, sir, I'm talking to you about a new life, a life in Christ. Well, I just don't want to get hung up on those things, but I want to get them across to you because the world I live in does not know that Christ is their life. They think their life made better is a Christian life. It isn't. The Christian life is Christ liveth in you. We've been studying in the third chapter of Ephesians, and I'm in no big hurry to get out of that chapter because it's such an um, um, unbelievable truth. And we've reached the fourth verse, which reads, Whereby, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. What is the purpose of Paul's epistles? Listen to me closely now. What is the purpose of Paul's epistles? That you may learn his knowledge. That you may come to the understanding of his knowledge. Remember, he's not just a fellow who grew up in church and Sunday school and decided to go preach the gospel one day. He was a rabbi, a Jewish rabbi, who was knocked down, struck blind, and hollered at out of heaven one day when God decided that the one man he chose, the one man he chose to tell us what the last truth was God wanted us to know was the Apostle Paul. So he chose this man. He called this man and gave him a knowledge, gave him a knowledge and an understanding that's not easy to come to. But he says that you'll come to the understanding of my knowledge in the mystery of Christ when you read what I have to say. Would you believe it that four-fifths of the Bible is under the control of Moses? Four-fifths of it. He controls it under law. 
only one-fifth of the Bible carries out, and not even one-fifth, but I get as close to those statistics as possible. One-fifth of the Bible is what Jesus gave to Paul. That's the final gospel in that one-fifth of your Bible. If you don't know that one-fifth of the Bible, you haven't stepped into this dispensation of grace. You haven't left the dispensation of law. You're either under law or grace. You're not under both of them. Commingling makes poison out of both of them. Knowing who you are in Christ and living that is grace. Paul said, the life I live is Christ. He didn't say, I daily am trying to straighten out my way of living. I'm praying a lot, and I'm reading my Bible a lot, and I'm doing good things. I'm trying to get my life straight. Listen, friend, they're wrong. That's not salvation. Salvation is not your life straightened out. Salvation is Christ in you, your hope of glory. Well, that's a whole lot of difference, isn't it? That, that's a lot different than what many people are hearing and going through in their life. They're going through the life of trying to do right. I do my best to be right. They go to church and they get forgiveness and they repent and they counsel with by the preacher and all, the t uh, whoever it is. And you know what? They're working on the wrong life. You see, the gospel must be preached that Christ is our life. Christ lives in me, would be the language of Paul. And so we must carry through with that. I've reached the fifth verse of Ephesians 3, trying to move on here. He says in this fifth verse, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men. Oh, i got to stop right there. You don't know, I don't know, the importance of those words that in other ages this business of Christ living in human beings was not made known unto the sons of men. You can read the first five books of, the Mo of Moses and get all sorts of ideas. You may get even some spiritual ideas. But that's not the final truth. You can study Abraham and get all the truth you think you need out of Abraham. Maybe a greater faith. But that's not the truth. You can read David's Psalms and study them and they are blessed. Some of them are just absolutely blessed. But you're not getting truth. Or Isaiah. Or Jeremiah. Or Malachi. None of them would have this truth. We hope you're enjoying the Christ-like teachings of Warren Litzman. Just taking a break here. We'll be back in a moment, but wanted to give you just a little background on the Christ-Life Fellowship in case you're new to our podcast. Warren and his wife, Robbie, served an international audience for more than 70 years by founding the Grace Fellowship International, also known as Christ-Life Fellowship. They traveled extensively to Africa, Australia, India, Asia, the Philippines, and throughout North America, preaching and home church planning. We hope you're enjoying these podcasts every week. There's 
a great heart behind these messages, and we hope they are changing your life, as they are so many. Let's get back now to more of Warren. Do you see what he says in that line? Which in other ages, that, that in Paul's vernacular, I think that meant other dispensation. There's a dispensation of, of innocence, of conscience, of human government, and, and dispensation of faith. And finally, dispensational law. He said, in other ages, God did not make known what was true salvation. He didn't make it known. He didn't talk about it. He didn't give anybody the understanding of it. And when Jesus of Nazareth came, he got as close as this. He's talking to, to Nicodemus. And he says, Nicodemus, you must be born again. And he's over Nicodemus' head. He's past Nicodemus. Nicodemus doesn't understand it at all except to say, do I go back into my mother's womb? He didn't know. God didn't tell him. Jesus didn't tell him. They didn't get the truth. That wasn't the truth. The truth only came when the Apostle Paul was given the revelation of Christ living in human beings. What does that line said? What does it say? Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men. Isn't that strange? We spend so much time preaching Abraham. I got a preacher here in my city that spent an unbelievable amount of time in Nehemiah. You can learn things. I think from these people, the the Apostle Paul said that 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 God had given certain things that we could learn from, but He never said we'd get life from them. He never said we'd be saved by them. Why? Not Abraham, not Nehemiah, not Isaiah, who had a deep revelation of Christ's death. Not any of them ever received the revelation that Christ lived in them. Why? God held it. He kept it. He kept it first till the death of Christ, and based on the death of Christ at the cross, he raised up the Apostle Paul. God kept it from None of these other men, they're great men, they're powerful men. We can learn a lot from them, but they can't give us life. They had natural life, but they can't give us eternal life. They can't give us the life that is in Christ. They can't give us the new life called our salvation. They can't give it to us. They wrote wonderful things. Moses wrote wonderful things. Your Bible is based on much of what Moses said. In fact, four-fifths of the Bible can be attributed to Moses' law. But just one-fifth of this glorious book can be attributed to the Apostle Paul to whom God talked about the new life, the life that is in the Son. He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son hath not life. Isn't that plain? I don't need Greek to know that. I don't need to study Hebrew to know that. I can just read it right here. It's clear in the scripture. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son hath not life. None of them had the Son. Abraham didn't have the Son. David didn't have the Son. They wrote powerful, wonderful things. 
but they never had the Son in them. They never had this life in them. Christ had never been birthed in them. They were not born again. At least we have no scriptural record of it. They were not born again. And only born again are going to go up with the Lord in the rapture. And all those dear saints of old are going to have to wait till Jesus comes back to this earth to be finally resurrected and to rule and reign with him. That's a different life. That's a different understanding. That's a different message under the law. But that's not grace. That's not what belongs to you and I who have been born again by the seed of God in us. So that first line goes pretty deep, doesn't it? Other ages, God didn't tell it. He didn't tell a soul. Did he know it? Yes. He had it in his mind all the time. Ephesians 1 and 4 says, According he has chosen us in Christ before the foundation of the world. Before the world was created, before there was a human, he said, This is the way I'm going to do it. I'm going to put them in Christ, and Christ is going to be their life. He's going to be their life. He's going to be their only life, the Christ life. So he said, in other ages, I haven't said this. Not even Jesus talked about it. He said something to Nicodemus about it. It burned in him to get it out. But it wasn't time. It couldn't be time before he died on that cross. And he explained why in John 12 and 24, except the corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. It bringeth forth much fruit if it dies. If it doesn't die, there is no fruit. So Jesus said, I bear no fruit until I die. Why? Because the whole plan of God was fixed so that Christ would be in believers by that death burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Oh, praise God. I want you to rejoice. Salvation is not inexhaustible. Salvation is not unknown. The book is full of it. The Bible te teaches us about it again and again. I'd like to have more time today, but my time has passed. I'm on every morning about this same time sometimes they put me on early morning sometimes a little later and sometimes they have problems with this thing that I'm doing on your computer and so I have to wait and hope my days don't get mixed up and that you get it day by day hour by hour 15 minutes by 15 minutes can change your life let it be so till the whole world knows I'll cut off and see you again tomorrow. If you want more of this, I have plenty of messages on our webpage that will make a difference to your life if you want them. God love you. Bye-bye. We hope you've enjoyed today's message from Warren Litzman. It's this way every week when we put up a brand new podcast and it just gets better and better. Tell others about this wonderful Loving the Christ Life podcast. We're available every week and all through the week wherever podcasts are heard. And you can go to our website, christ-life.org, and even download the podcast from there. And we want you to go there anyway to read all about the Christ Life. Until next time, I'm Brad Wilson. 
loving the Christ life.